Welcome to Lead Agent Empire, and it is 2020, guys. Happy New Year. Woo! Really glad to see you. Thanks for uh, tuning in. Thanks for all the great support we've been getting from folks, and we are really excited to be back. We've taken a little bit of a break, but we are coming back strong in 2020, you know, New Year's resolutions and all. You have any resolutions this year, Alessandra? No, no. my resolution is to not have resolutions because, <laughs> I mean, resolutions never work. I'm just like, yeah, I'm true. just going to be good throughout the year periodically and you know, have year throughout the year resolutions. Yeah, I uh, last year my resolution, of course, like so many people, is to lose weight, and I ended up gaining 20 pounds over the last year's holidays, and it took me until the summer to finally lose the weight I had gained, but even then I was still above the previous weight I was, and I still have 20 some more pounds to lose. Anyway, enough about my weight loss woes. Let's talk about real estate. Uh, hopefully you can share with us some of your resolutions. Maybe it's for your business or personal or health, things like that. Remember that taking care of yourself is equally as important as taking care of your business because if you're not taking care of yourself, how can you take care of other people and your business? So I always want to emphasize that. Take good care of yourselves, guys. And uh, in today's topic, we just want to talk about a few new things, a few things that are trending in 2020. And uh, do you have any idea what some of these things might be or what our first thing we'll mention I mean, we'll every year is just exciting because we are like, what is going to happen? But um, I think there's some there's some stuff we'll cover. This is going to be a very short episode. We're just going to talk about like the high-level kind of trends that are going on. Um, we also are going to cover some of these in more depth in future episodes. So don't worry that we're not going too deep into these. Uh, we'll talk more. We'll have episodes about these specifically in depth. So uh, the first one, the, the kind of topic on everyone's mind for the past, it hasn't just been this year, it's been the past oh, couple yeah. years, oh, yeah. uh, is iBuyers. So yeah, Mark, yeah. you want to talk a little bit sure. about iBuyers? Yeah, I just briefly want to touch on that. If you're a real estate agent by now, you certainly know or have encountered iBuyers, especially if you're a listing agent or a buyer's agent, actually either way, you're going to encounter them. I've encountered them as both. Uh, we're talking about places like Open Door or Zillow, these, these massive companies that are purchasing properties, usually... They don't care what the price is that they're purchasing it for because they're just trying to acquire as many properties as possible. And then what they do is they, they, they sell on the convenience basically to clients. People who want to get rid of their house quickly and without the hassle, or they think in their mind, the hassle of dealing with a realtor, a real estate agent, and selling their house and having to go through showings and things like that and do prep work to clean it and prepare the house, you know, repairs, things like that. Some people prefer to just use an iBuyer. And most folks, including myself, maybe have thought at one time or another that, you know, they're pretty similar in fees and prices to what real estate agents and brokerages charge, but that is not true. And I'll tell I'll talk more about this in another episode, but Basically, you should feel empowered, I think, as a real estate agent to know that you are giving more value to your clients than an iBuyer can and you are not charging them as much as an iBuyer would. <laughs> and I'll tell you about an experience I had with one recently in another episode. But yeah, that's basically what iBuyers are. They're going to charge clients massive fees for the convenience of selling the house quickly or buying it from your client quickly and then they hope to sell it themselves later on. Um, another yeah and I think the thing to, to know about that business model is you know it's um, they have a lot of cash you know these companies are funded a lot of them I mean open door has tons of money from their investors so they literally have some of them billions of dollars um, where they've been highly funded so it's really it's like an exchange of kind of just like valuation basically for them in terms of stock market we'll talk a little bit more about that too in a future episode but I, I think just know that that's something that you're gonna probably get more questions about in this year because it's becoming really common. 
there's you know uh, people will see a lot of advertising on these people these i buyers um i'll see billboards they'll see all that kind of stuff so you know um if you have any questions on that definitely reach out to us but we'll be talking a little bit more about that and then um so the next trend is uh is it's kind of both ends of the spectrum which is interesting there's going to be uh, a lot of uh, a lot more buyers that are uh on the older end of the spectrum which are you know like seniors um people are living a lot longer the so wiser to, end of the, the spectrum. wiser end yes the, <laughs> yeah, the uh, what's it called like the they've earned their gray stripes earned their, yeah <laughs> and so um so i think you know that's something that we're going to see a lot more as people are living longer so mm-hmm. you know people are living longer now it's not like you know 20 years longer but as people continue to live longer the seniors are going to look at how do they you know uh, purchase a home if they've been renting for example mm. how do they get into um something that's a little more sustainable because they have to think a bit more long term they right. they're like hey i need to plan for you know potentially living longer um they're and, empty you know, nesters empty well, nesters. way past yeah that. exactly yeah. like they've, they've already you know <laughs> maybe not that's the other thing we'll talk about too is that um you know they were empty nesters and then now they're right. not because Kids a lot are of moving people back are, in yeah multi-generational so there's trends on on kind of mm-hmm. both of those spectrums where people who are who were empty nesters in their older age are having grandkids or kids move back in um and you know multiple family units are living right. in one house so right. they can either pull money together to buy a house or they you know look at that um so that's something we've been seeing yeah. a lot more yeah. demand for too and i wanted to touch on that too because yes i was telling um alessandra and some other folks about a statistic i had read recently that you know no other time in history since the 50s have there been has there been this growth in multi-generational families like there is right now um, and a lot of people don't realize that it's becoming common again more common than it has been since again the 50s for people to move back in with parents it's it's tough out there i mean you know uh, some people are coming out of college with a lot of debt and uh, they're not getting the wages they were hoping for and they got to move back in with mom and dad to kind of get on their feet and get their lives going so this is becoming a more common thing and um and yeah, I just wanted to mention that. Um, I forgot what else I was going to mention in relation to that. But. <laughs> and other stuff. <laughs> and other stuff. Stay and tuned. Stuff. You can't think about <laughs> Don't it. Don't come to me in another um, episode. But. So, and the other thing is, too, like, I think a lot of us focus on these in-between generations or, like, older generations. But um, there is a trend, and this is something that will happen a lot more this year, but especially over the next five years or so, is uh, the, the generation that no one talks about. Everyone talks about millennials. Right, right. Everyone's like, millennials, millennials. It's like, I feel like every other article is about millennials, you're right. Right, um, right. And, you know, we're both millennials. We're elder uh, millennials. Or, or so elder we millennials. are the senior, the wiser I'm millennial. I'm literally like the top range. I think of you are at the upper range. The uppermost range yeah, of millennials. She's in the, uh, the so, highest so echelon of millennial <laughs> society. By, by age after that. Um, so, but it's one of those things where I think we talk a lot about millennials, but we don't talk a lot about Gen Z. And a lot of people are like, you know, Gen Z exists? Like, I didn't even know yeah. that was a thing. Like, I thought millennials yeah. were still going strong through this current, you know, generation. Right, but, right. I really yeah. thought so, too. Yeah. I was a shock to me. And I thought, I had some recent clients that apparently are Gen Zers. I, I mean, I didn't talk to them about this, and they didn't mention it to me. But when I did learn what she's talking about, about the age groups and, and the years uh, that that um, people were born in to be Gen Zers, I was like, oh wow, I've actually had Gen Z clients already. Okay, yeah, awesome. Yeah, and so that's like yeah. the, kind of this up and coming generation. You know, it's interesting because we we 
always kind of give, I think millennials get a bad rap that they don't save money and things like that. But like Mark's saying, he saw yeah, a I was a very impressed. I'm very that, impressed with a recent client. I'm yeah. like, if I can say, I'm obviously not going to use names or anything, but well, you know, it was a young couple. Um, really blew me away because one of them was an engineer already working in, in engineering jobs got his engineering degree and his wife had just finished up her master's um, and was in the military I was like wow you guys are just blowing my mind right now <laughs> with your accomplishments and and they were really you know they were it was they were first-time home buyers and I walked them through the process they were really you know they contemplated everything I, I was joking with my client. I could tell he was an engineer because he would ask a lot of questions. You'll always know when someone's an engineer because they really think through everything. And so just a really awesome couple. I'm really glad I got to help them get their first home. And that because they're in the military, or the wife was, um, they wanted to consider too, what if we want to sell in a couple years if we have to move? So. Uh, helped them make sure they bought a house that was saleable, you know, in a couple of years, gave them advice on what to look for, how to make it super appealing so that if they're living there just a couple of years, we'll be able to help them out on the flip side and get it sold for them really quickly. Yeah. So, you know, that comes to the next point where, mm -hmm. you know, seniors obviously are going to have a very different set of questions and concerns. And they may be thinking like, how do I have a home that fits well from more than one generation? Whereas Gen Z, they're going to be like a very different mindset. And honestly, like they're, you know, we were just reading earlier, a lot of, a lot more people are not having children. So mm, that's yeah. something that, you know, you may have a lot of clients right now that are millennials or older and they're, they're looking for, you know, something that that's something for them and the children. Yeah. Um, and for Gen Z, it may be something where they're like, you know, I don't care as much about like what's around here and schools and things like that. They care more about kind of like that, you know, something that people who are younger in their, in their age range and maybe are not planning to have children are going to be more interested in. So yeah. they may care more about like what restaurants are nearby, um, things like that. Cause it mm -hmm. may just be them as what a couple. What kind of social example, life they can have. What kind of social life, exactly. Um, like closeness, proximity to a lot of that stuff. Right. So. And, and touching on what you had said too. Yes. I had just, that's where we got this. We just read this, that, um, no, uh, since world war one, like we're in a place right now where we have the lowest population growth in the U S since world war one since uh 1917 1918 because yeah a lot of people are not having kids right now and apparently uh what i was reading too is that there's a higher death rate too i don't know if that's just because there's a lot more older people now and so you know it comes in waves there's a larger population of older people so unfortunately there's a lot of more people passing away but the birth rate is definitely lower that was a key takeaway from uh, from what i've been reading so i thought that was very interesting and i think that goes back to just a lot of people are struggling and maybe thinking about how to get started in life after college and accumulating all this debt that I would argue some generations didn't have to deal with quite quite like what we're dealing with today. And so I think these are very important topics. And of course, this year being an election year, I'm sure these issues are going to continue continue to come up. And uh, so it's very interesting. We look forward to seeing what, what comes of this. Yeah, so just kind of consider the dynamics as you're talking to your buyers um, or even sellers. I mean, there's people who maybe, you know, it's, it's a little early for the Gen Z people right now to also be sellers, but there are potentially people that have bought and sold um, in that range. Yeah, like, it I mean, I think it's really a matter of like financial yeah. independence and planning. Um, hopefully there will be more education around that in the next few years um, so that this generation can be uh, planning for that kind of stuff like like housing for example and uh, the next the next trend is um, really interesting yeah. I think people are starting to um, you know our cities are really full there's a lot of people in in all our major cities um, it's you know one of those things that there's a lot of trade-offs that comes with that some people love it some people don't 
Um, but we're seeing kind of along with this trend for more long-term thinking and like, you know, wh where are we going to be a few years from now? Um, we are seeing kind of a, a more of a move to the suburbs. And I think that's something that's really interesting to see about, um, even here in Austin, for example, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's kind of unsustainable as close as you get to the city center, yeah. it's unsustainable to be, um, to be continually like buying houses there yeah. because, you know, the prices are even like look it's at San Francisco crazy. or some yeah. major metros. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's, there's a certain kind of cap that we have, I think on growth on some of those places. So people are like, Hey, well, how do I get somewhat close to the city where I'm not like, you know, an hour away, right. but you know, we always talk about kind of that, that, um, like central, the hub that like expands out and then it becomes like the, the kind of what's next in the area. Right. So mm -hmm. it's like, you know, you kind of look at the, that bullseye of the major city near your area, but then what are the areas around that that are growing right. and you can educate your buyers and sellers and say, Hey, these are areas that are, are up and coming. They may not be here, but this is kind of the, the five, 10 year trajectory around this area. Um, yeah that are more suburban, for example. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, we, we've been uh, looking into, I've had some clients looking into the new Apple campus. You know, Apple is bringing a lot of new jobs to the Austin area. And as uh, soon as people caught wind of this, sellers instantly raised their prices in that area. It's been astronomical. I saw one guy raised his house price $63,000 and he's only had the house two years, yeah. hasn't done anything to it. And apparently he's getting an offer on I was blown away. but. Um, even with a commute to such a, sh um, even homes we're seeing like to, to a large campus like Apple or Dell, who's also here, you can still find yourself commuting over 20 minutes just to get a couple of miles to these large campuses. And so traffic is getting kind of crazy here in Austin and anywhere else in the country that's growing uh, like this too. And so, um, we want to segue into as people are buying houses and more people are moving into new homes and populated areas and, and whatnot. We're seeing that you know mortgage rates are still historically low. Uh, we've seen I've personally seen some clients get as low as the low threes on a uh, on a mortgage, and then if you're an investor, um, I've seen some get in the high threes, depending on if you want to buy down rate. But usually, right now, it's been around four and a half, five. It, it just depends which lender you're going with. But all this to say that typically, what we found in, in an election year is mortgage rates tend to stay low. And I think, and I anticipate that in 2020, we're going to see mortgage rates, interest rates staying low as well. What do you think? Yeah, I think so too. I mean, it's one of those things where we've had a really pretty good year um, last year with, with rates. Um, I think that'll continue. You know, it's one of those things where it's a good year, whether you're an investor or, or, or you know, buying a family, for your, uh, a home for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, it's definitely something where this is a good time to buy. So I think that's something to educate people and be like, hey, you know, this might be a good time to, to get into this. It's just because like generally, historically speaking, that's a good good time in terms of mortgage rates staying low are during election year. So in 2020, it might be a good thing to just kind of educate your, your clients and say, um, this is really potentially a good time. Um, I know there's also um, potential worries about recession, and we've been talking about that for you know maybe a right. year or two. A lot of people have been like, "Well, when is it going to hit?" But I don't think you know any. None of us can predict that. Yeah. Um, right yeah. now, the right now it, again in an election year, it's one of those things where um, it probably will not have like such an impact. It may be like the year after, for example, yeah. um, where where things kind of stay a little stabilized. You know, that's something that usually happens, even in terms of like oil prices and stuff like that. So, um, so I think don't really be too concerned about that. I think you know we'll 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 manage that when it gets here. Um, plan for that kind of downturn, though. I mean, I think that's one of those things where as an agent, you plan for the highs and lows and you, right. you are like, Hey, let me save, you know, 
store up these these nuts for the winter right um and so you know make sure you kind of think through that just in case you know it does happen sooner than what what we may think it is right um but i think you know those are pretty much the main trends we'll we'll probably have some more trends yeah absolutely we may have a part two as we go through this they say it's coming i mean i've been hearing for years the recession's coming but you know you, you never can tell. I mean, you've got the historical aspect of things and you can kind of gauge, well, these signs are showing and perhaps we're moving toward that, but ultimately you just don't know. Mm-hmm. And um, no, in his history, how do I say this? Like, it's not exactly an indicator every time of, of when something's gonna occur. I've had some brokers, for example, say, we're due, we're due for recession. It's just historically, if you look at the last time, it's like every few years, and so that means we're due. But that was four years ago when I heard that guy say that, and we still haven't hit it. So we just don't know exactly when it's gonna come, but be ready, because it can, and eventually it will. We just don't know exactly when that's gonna be. Yeah, so, so, um, so that's, those are our trends. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. We're going, we may have a part two at some point and, yeah. and during January. Um, and we have some really good topics coming up. So, yeah. So, yeah, uh, awesome. Thanks for watching or listening. And we will see you guys in the next episode. Happy 2020. Woohoo. Yeah. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye.